Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is the season finale of season 18. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) that no one saw coming. I mean, we figured there couldn't be that many episodes left since we really just had the Robin crying on the picnic bench scene to go. But really, like, no warning. They just threw it at us. Season 18, episode 14. So they do, like, the nice round number of 14 episodes per season now. Well, before the tell-all. Which, obviously, they're counting as part of the season because... They did not count this as the season finale. You have to watch the tell-all episodes. Which three was not enough? It sounds like we might, we're getting four. One for each wife. And then Cody gets to just sprinkle himself in amongst all of those hours. Oh no, that means next year he'll request five. Right. He'll need his own hour. His own hour to keep it even. The name of this episode is It's Always Darkest Before Dawn. Doesn't Mary know it? Always makes me think of Joe Dirt when he's sitting on the swing. And then it breaks and it falls. I thought I'd broken my ass bone. Was that relevant at all to yeah, the title it's always of this darkest, episode? Yeah, it's always darkest before dawn. <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> that was the darkest part in his storyline was when he thought he hit bottom and he sat down on the swing and then it broke and he fell down. Okay. Uh, things were a little worse for Mary, I would say. Worse than breaking her ass bone on a swing? I mean, bet- somewhere between seven and ten years of torture. Yeah, but I wouldn't say that this is a dark time for her. If anything, we're on the upswing already. Yes. Well, the catfish was the darkest of times. Well, we know that was referred to as the dark times, (laughs) the before times. What did we see in this episode? The TLC description for this one is, 
Christine talks with her brothers about her newfound happiness, happiness, <laughs> and hopes to inspire Janelle, but Janelle won't let go of the past. At Coyote Pass, Robin is devastated when she learns that this is finally the end of the road for Mary and Cody. Doesn't that sentence say it all? It's all about Robin. Mary wasn't devastated. Cody wasn't devastated. Just Robin. The audience was not devastated. (laughs) It was a happy time for the rest of us. It was something to celebrate. Very positive improvements that are taking place here in the decision making. But Robin's just a 12-year-old girl. Essentially, that's her reaction. And her parents are getting divorced right in front of her eyes. And she's in the kitchen crying. They had to sit her down and tell her at some point, today was the day. And somehow it's her fault. She feels like it's her fault and she doesn't want to address those feelings. Does she feel like it's her fault? If it fails, it reflects poorly on her. But she's not going to take personal responsibility for it. No, 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 no. Yeah, I think it's just ego that's attached to it. Much like a lot of Cody's decisions. You ready for a little rewrite? Let's hear it. Janelle declines an important meeting about Coyote Pass to play Frisbee. Mary submits her two weeks notice to the Cody Brown family. Robin wipes away fake tears with her $4,000 horse ring. It's not very absorbent. Mostly just wicking away. The nerve to wear the matching rings to this conversation with Mary. Well, and for Mary to reach across the table and grab the hand that's attached to that horse ring. (laughs) I wish she would have said something about it. It's quite a ring you got there. Looks familiar. Actually, Cody, can you put your hands out? Don't you have the same one? Wait till he starts rolling up with the heart of the ocean on too. <laughs> <laughs> She's luckily going to cut off contact after this conversation. But yeah, that would be a whole different conversation. So this is the end of season 18. What is next season going to look like? I feel like we made progress in the sense of having narrative direction. We did have two wives leave him in one season. Very impressive. Although I'd argue it almost didn't happen. They thought about waiting and making it a cliffhanger, and they knew we would have lost our minds. But you can kind of tell in this episode, it's really forced because they're trying to wrap up these stories. There's stuff going on with Mary, but the Christine and Janelle stuff that happens this episode is not very compelling. To which... I would say, yeah, this is why we can't have a separate spinoff. It would be boring. You need to have the juxtaposition. There always needs to be the balance of what's going on in the family. Because no one wants to watch everyone get along, right? Is that what you're saying? Well, I don't want any, everybody to get along. And then we have to know that Christine and Janelle, and now Mary in some ways, will be happy moving on. And the way that we can really see that is a comparison back to seeing what Cody and Robin are still doing, what they're still entrenched in at the Shira Chateau. I think there's still a lot to go for next season, even though the storylines are becoming more and more separate. I don't know what they're going to do with Mary. She's really got no connection to the rest of the family. So I don't know if they focus on Mary starting to date or what, but... I would I would be shocked if we see a lot of her next season. And then we know we're going to meet David. And we've got the whole Christine and David storyline. We've got to have Cody meet David. Maybe we'll get some reactions from the rest of the family. Well, they did a good job ending up where we have the family set up in 
specific camps. So it's Christine and Janelle, and then Robin and Cody, and then Mary's just on her own now. So we do have it set up where we can have three different sort of narratives that are going around in that direction. They did a good job of defining Cody and Robin as the villains, more so Cody as the villain and Robin as kind of assistant to the villain. Assistant to the regional manager. In order to have drama, you need to have good guys and bad guys. You have to have people to root for and you have to have villains that you boo and don't want good things to happen to. We have kind of established that. I feel like they've set it up where now we have Cody's kind of at the villain spectrum. There is no redeeming qualities to him. No one is going to root for him ever when it comes to this show. They've set Robin up as almost maybe you can spin some sympathy out of it, but that's going to be tricky because now we know her main villainous trait is that she's very manipulative especially when it comes to garnering sympathy. Right. Well, then also in that she's very loyal to the ultimate villain of the show. So I don't know that there's hope for them. I can see a Mary redemption arc coming next season. Well, we were in the midst of our Marisance, and it culminated here with her departure, the conclusion of the Mary and Cody rivalry, which was long overdue. Or maybe the excitement will be the hero versus villain of David versus Cody. That could be a fun way to spin this. Christine was kind of paving the way for that, of showing the drastic differences of teaching truly how to ride a bike. So it could just be comparative. Can we take a moment to laugh about the end of the tell-all preview? where they showed David about to sit down, but they cut just before you could see his face as though everyone who watches this show does not know what David Woolley looks like at this point. I'm still I'm still thinking about what he sounds like. That's what I'm still expecting, like a squeaky little helium voice to come out. Because you haven't heard him speak. I haven't really heard him speak. <laughs> so in my mind, I'm like, I don't know what to picture for how he's going to sound. But I think it is funny. Yeah. What do we think David looks like? Hmm. I wonder. Perhaps we can scroll through an entire year's worth of Instagram photos <laughs> and get a pretty good idea going into this. Or maybe the full People magazine spread that they use to promote the wedding. That too. You got options, but you can't give it all away. At the end of the season for the preview for the tell-alls, no, you're not going to see David's face yet. You got to show up. If they're going to make us watch an extra hour of the tell-all, we better see them in the same room confronting one another at some point. I know that that sounds like it would be fun. You need a different host, though. It can't be Suki. I don't know. I feel like she has gotten used to them and they have gotten comfortable with her and that maybe these will evolve a little bit and get a little better. From the interview that Christine and Janelle did for, I think that was Entertainment Tonight or somebody. E. E, somebody. And they were basically saying that they weren't going to be filming on a couch together anymore. And I think Christine meant in like confessional sense of what they used to do in We've earlier done seasons. That for four years. And they haven't done that in a long time. <laughs> but that was more so on the intimacy level of they don't need to know what I'm feeling in these moments these heartfelt moments when I have some vulnerability. I'm not willing to share that with Cody and Robin anymore, so not looking to do that. 
So I guess that might get tricky with the tell-all situation. If they had somebody who could kind of come in here and make sure that questions were being answered or holding people accountable to things that they were saying that didn't make any sense, I don't think Cody would be able to handle that, though. I think he would go very quickly into argumentative, and then he would shut down. I don't know. There has been a lot of time that has passed, and maybe he's not as angry as he initially was. Maybe he'll calm down a little bit. Maybe he won't attempt to touch Suki this time. <laughs> yeah, no, no grabbing or touching of anybody else on the set, please. I can only assume they've moved the chairs further apart since last season. But we gave, I mean, everyone collectively gave a lot of feedback on what they thought about the tell-all last time. So I'm hoping they absorbed it and incorporated it into this four hours of content that we're going to have to watch. And I hope Suki did some homework so she doesn't keep taking things that Cody says at face value. That would be really good. Suki did say that there was a lot of interview commentary and questions and discussion that was cut out on previous seasons. So maybe they learned to kind of keep some of that other stuff in a little bit more. So I guess we'll see how these next few episodes are going to shake out. I mean, if you're going to show that fight that happened between Cody and Janelle in her apartment, then I think the tell-all could get a little spicy. Shall we get into the episode? We might as well just knock Christine and Janelle out because this was not that interesting. Yeah, and it was pretty brief. I mean, the Mary, Cody, and Robin conversation at Coyote Pass took precedent, definitely. So, yeah, let's just go through the... Christine and Janelle wrap up real quick. They're still in Idaho. That's where we left them the last episode, visiting Christine's family. And they have to go on a hike. Because Janelle is near a national park. So she's got to get out there. (laughs) So they go to the City of Rocks. And Christine introduces a whole bunch of family members, which was very unnecessary. It was a reintroduction because, yeah, it's mostly... Her brothers again, and then a couple other people. Was she reintroducing for Cody? Because then Cody was getting shitty about how he used to be friends with these people. And now they don't talk anymore. (laughs) Like, yeah, man, there's a reason why. (laughs) Can you guess what it is? Same reason your kids don't want to talk to you. It's the divorce, in case anybody's still wondering. But Christine isn't really ready to talk about that stuff yet. She knows that her brothers have questions about the divorce Maybe they'll come up today. Maybe they'll come up on the hike. Maybe later. Probably when the cameras are around, I'm sure, before we depart. This did really feel like they spent this whole trip making the case as to why Cody sucks. Because then they have a conversation about going back to school. Because one of Christine's relatives has recently done that. And Christine reminds everyone that Janelle did that too, apparently. (laughs) When they had a bunch of little kids... She went back to school and got her college degree. While she was working full-time with a house full of kids, and Cody was only helping every third night. Right. So, of course, who do we think helped Janelle during that time? Robin. (laughs) The go-to gal. In spirit. (laughs) Because this was at the house in Lehigh before Robin joined the family. But don't tell Robin it was before she joined the family, because then she'll get upset and feel like you're excluding her. Right. She helped. No, of course not. It was Christine. As always, it was always Christine. And that's just one example of the many reasons why they now have this close bond, which Cody is questioning. Like, why are they suddenly such good friends? It feels like they're doing it just to get back at me. 
Yeah, it was a very weird take because he has to mock how close and great their relationship is now since that was built on the foundation of hating Cody. Mutual hatred of Cody is what solidified Christine and Janelle's relationship in Cody's opinion. I don't think that's entirely accurate. Having a common enemy, yeah, sure, that can forge some bonds, but I don't think that was the basis of their relationship. I mean, it helped a little bit. It helps. It it can amplify. Perhaps it's things like this, where they had to rely on one another in the way that you would typically rely on your partner to help do these difficult things while raising a family. Maybe. Maybe, Cody. But Cody's just dead weight, so he doesn't get it. Then we get some weird reasons on why you shouldn't go to college. Well, while we're mocking things, we might as well get into religion because we know Christine is no longer a fan. And when she was growing up, all she heard was the world's going to end. There's no point in getting an education. Why are you going to need that? The world's going to end. Just focus on getting married, having a family, and putting together a stockpile. For when the world's going to end? What is that going to do? What are kids going to do for me if the world is going to end? Why would I want to bring more people into the situation where the world is ending if we're so certain about that? Is that what we want? If the world is ending and nothing matters, you should go to college right now. Sign up for all the student loans that you want. (laughs) If you're expecting this thing to go under as soon as you say it does, then everybody should be going to college. The best part of this was that the education piece of it wasn't what everyone was focused on. The important thing about this, because they ask all the family members about, you know, having been raised in the LDS church and then also in AWB and what they think about with all these food stockpiles. And Cody is still upset about the fact that they stored all of the food at Christine's house. They just always have. Remember, it was in the basement. With the basement wife. And now the basement wife had to take it to her new house when they moved to Flagstaff. And when she left, she was like, no, thank you. All good. Yeah, I think I'm done with this. Is any of this usable? How long does it last? Canned goods are not permanent goods. You have to rotate that stock. So if they're not checking expiration dates, that's not good. And if it's moving from humid temperate climates and then going into a garage where there's temperature fluctuations and we're taking it from location to location. You got botulism. You got all sorts of stuff to worry about now. I wouldn't eat that shit because it sounds like it might be sitting in a storage unit on Coyote Pass at this point because Cody's upset that they're having to pay to store it because Christine left it behind. And I guess there was no room in the the pantry at the Shira Chateau. I mean, for obvious reasons. It sounds like, yeah, they're paying for storage. So it's probably not on Coyote Pass. But do they still believe that they need all of this food? Because I feel like there are things you could do with it that would go to a better cause if you don't really care about having it and you don't need this much quantity. And if it is still good. I think this is all just more evidence towards. The Armageddon discussion. All of this food that's going to waste, it's because the world is ending. And now we're really not prepared. It just made me laugh that I guess food is the only thing that Robin does not want to hoard. Her house is full of everything else. All the other stuff. Yeah, you'd think that she'd be able to take some cans in the garage too, but that's too much. 
<laughs> but they're just really shitty about the fact that they had to take on the burden of this stockpile. I love how, okay, yeah, Christine is over it, and we know why she's over it. I love how Mary never had an interest in this at all. She's like, that's them. That's a brown family thing, and I'm not really part of that. That's their kind of hobby to get into, and I don't have any input on this. These rocks are very impressive. Janelle's looking around, and she's thinking, this would be a beautiful location for us to host a family reunion. How about a wedding? You know, this is the second time a family reunion got brought up this season, so I feel like it's going to become a storyline. How about a funeral? Can we do a funeral here sometime? Maybe something, get the family together. I mean, they're going to need to. I think that might be the only way they collect some money in this situation. Oh, boy. You're going to need some life insurance. Although we all know Robin's the beneficiary, so. Yeah, it's not going to get distributed equally amongst the family. No, she'll have 10 horse rings. Oh, boy. But a family reunion storyline, it's too close to a family commitment ceremony storyline for my taste. <laughs> it's, it's PTSD flashbacks to those seasons back in the cul-de-sac. You don't want them to write a new family mission statement? I do not need a whole other season of them trying to write a family mission statement. I would like to see the costumes again, though. Sort of a reimagining, <laughs> if you will. This is probably never going to happen, this whole idea of a family reunion, because there's a rift between all of the kids, mainly Robin's kids and then everyone else's kids. And it might be too large of a rift at this point. Janelle is worried that her kids are never going to see Date Never again. And that's very upsetting to them. The other two, well, four. Well, a couple few. I, I tend to not count the little ones. The tendies? Yeah, they, I mean, the older kids, they don't even remember their names. And baby Annabelle. <laughs> baby Annabelle Brown, never forget. We haven't seen her. Nobody has. Maybe she'll be revealed <laughs> next season. <laughs> Do you think it is a rift, though, or does this just play back into Cody's expectations of loyalty and that if they were then to have any form of relationship with the siblings that Cody also happens to have a problem with, that that would be an issue, that he would be betrayed by them. They know to keep their distance. They've learned that lesson. Yes, I think that's been abundantly clear in that house. But that's enough hiking for one day. Christine's going to holster her plexus and then they're going to head back to the house, <laughs> back to civilization here. I couldn't believe that she brought that with her. Those stupid, skinny tubes that they put this stuff in. Right away, you spot it and you're like, oh, God, here we go. The holster, though, that was a whole nother level. I wasn't ready for that. It looked like it was built into the pants. Yeah, <laughs> we're serious about staying hydrated. Although they didn't really hike. They kind of just stayed in one spot and talked. They just kind of perused around. In front of a rock. We stood in front of a rock. Near some rocks. We were rock adjacent and walked around. But now we're in a backyard and we're playing what Christine describes as ultimate frisbee, which it is not ultimate frisbee. I will have you know. I'm going to take your word for it, but I feel like we need Tony and McKelty to confirm this for us because didn't they meet and fall in love over a game of ultimate frisbee? So now I'm trying to remember because now there's another, there's a lot of Frisbee sports that we can go down the list for. Okay. Ultimate Frisbee is more of like a 
football, American football slash rugby sort of setup where you're trying to get from one end of a field to another end of the field. Okay, that was not what they were doing. That was not what they were doing. Making that abundantly clear, it was not a game of Ultimate Frisbee because that's how you play Ultimate. Then there's Frolf. There's Frisbee Golf where you're... If you could see my face right now. (laughs) Where you have different Frisbees for different sorts of, you know, it's like clubs when you're playing golf. So there's like... They're different Long size. distance, yeah, and like and different weights and materials because then there's like long distance drivers that you open with. And the goal is that you're trying to get from your starting point to the chains. There's like a basket at the end of the hole. So that's your... Did you research this no. in advance or you just this know this? This is all common Frisbee knowledge. <laughs> now get ready because we're going to talk seriously in depth about can jam because that is what the game is that they are playing in this backyard this is the backyard game so there to be clear what i understood from it was they're throwing a frisbee and attempting to get it into a can that has a small slit in it slot well so there's the can yeah and there's the hole at the top of the can that you can get it into for points. Oh, I thought That's it was one. covered like a trash can. No. So there is the ability to get it into the top of the can. There is the slit in the front as well. And that's like the game winner, instant win. I think I'd be good at this. Sort of thing. You get points by either having, because you have a person from each team is on either end. There's one person standing at the each can, end of the cans. And you're trying to hit the frisbee into the can you have one person who's throwing and then one person Ah, who's helping because it's not okay because it's just gonna keep going like cody right yes so think of it like to interfere cornhole it's basically that setup where you have you're on the same team but you're at opposite ends and then you're trying to score points by throwing something at the board do you you don't know the (laughs) basic premise of cornhole either even though we've played it a couple times that's okay But for the listeners out there who might be more familiar with a game known as Cornhole. No, I have no way to comprehend or recall rules of games. It's pretty impressive. (laughs) But this is Can Jam is what I'm trying to get at. Okay, I I think that we've exhausted that. Do you want to say more about Can Jam? I do want to say more about Can Jam. Hold on. I'm going to get a drink of water first, though, because I'm about to go off. Can Jam is wildly overpriced i will say that i have seen it at sporting goods stores and it's like 80 dollars. i cannot even tell you how much i do not care it's a frisbee it's a frisbee and it's two flat pieces of plastic that you fold into a can shape okay and it's like 80 dollars. and i've never been able to justify that purchase are in my you life. criticizing christine's brothers for having purchased can jam no i'm just saying from my standpoint I need a more economically priced version of Can Jam so then I can get into the sport. Great. That's what I would like. I can't wait until we start receiving emails with Black Friday deals for Can Jam. Well, the more we talk about it, it's bound to happen. But I'm not paying 80 bucks for it. The most important thing is that Christine and Janelle aren't good at it. They're probably about as good as me and Carly at Can Jam. I've never played it. Right. Neither have they. The whole point of this is it's loosening everyone up for a conversation about the divorce or the divorces. 
We'll see how much Janelle wants to divulge. Yeah, Janelle's not really ready to commit to divorce yet. She's working on it, though. So Christine's brother, Levi, which is the one who has like a quarter of Peyton's DNA in his face. It's a weird way to say that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Because he kind of looks like him, but then not really. Well, and what's weird is I think the only DNA that's shared between him and Christine is their father because they both have different moms. Mm -hmm. So that's just, that's the male genealogy on Christine's side of the family. That's what they come out looking like. (laughs) So he asks, what happened, especially over the past few years, because all of a sudden you left Cody, and we haven't really had a conversation about what led up to that, as though they don't watch the show. Yeah, and Christine's not surprised that Levi's in here asking about the nitty-gritty details, because... Her family is so direct and so upfront about asking these questions. That's why it only took like three days of filming to bring this up. (laughs) Super direct. Do you remember the one time that Christine attempted to be direct with someone in the family? When she sat Mary down in the library and berated her (laughs) for a little while. And told her she would not have invited her to the birth anyway. Was Was it if it was her birth? Or just she wouldn't have extended an invitation to Maddie's birth. I can't recall, but it was brutal. Basically about how you're miserable, you're misery incarnate, and you suck the enjoyment out of any room. So I don't want to be in any room with you. Yeah, that didn't go over very well. There's a lot of inside thoughts that Christine just threw out there and thought that she needed to share. And then she felt better at the end of that conversation. Mary did not feel better at the end of that conversation. So we'll see how she's feeling at the end of this conversation. According to her, Cody told her he wasn't attracted to her, which we know our freaky bitch didn't like, and that she was mean to her sister wives. And as we know, for some reason, that was his version of why he couldn't be attracted to her was because of her meanness. Well, Mary, conversation aside... That we just discussed of her that, absolutely. That was a time she was definitely unkind to his sister wife, but not the one that he was really meaning that message to be focused on. No, which Janelle and Christine both agree. They can read between the lines when Cody says that now. They know what that means. It means that you're not being nice to Robin, his preferred wife. I laughed out loud when her brother called bullshit on Cody never being attracted to her ever. No chemistry? I mean, you have six children. Well, and they know Cody, like they met the dude. They've seen them interact over the years. When they were first together and yeah, building the family and all of these years, the 30 years that they've spent together. The one part of this conversation that was a bombshell for me was when Christine mentioned the situation with the house in Flagstaff. The refinance. Because... Well, it wasn't a refinance, but he took his name off of their house. It wasn't Christine talking Cody into taking his name off of it. He was refinancing Robin's house. Ah, okay. And so he wanted to take his name off of Christine's house so he could help Robin with her house, which is a complete slap in the face for Christine, who has only had this one tangible financial asset in hers and Cody's names together to then have Cody remove himself from that to refinance with Robin yet again. So this is the time period 
where Isabel was going to get her surgery. It was right before they left. Remember, they had that weird interaction at the truck. Yeah, there was just a signing and it was very, very awkward. That coincided with the time that his name came off of the house. So now it makes sense why there is even more tension. And it's really even more fucked up to think about the fact that I'm sure they were doing a refinance because they were doing a cash out refi because they need more money. And it seems like every time we find out they do something with the Shira Chateau, it has to do with taking equity out of the house to get cash. And she was having to pay, come up with money out of her own pocket to help fund part of Isabel's surgery. And meanwhile, her husband's taking his name off of their home together so that he can go suck more money out of Robin's house for them together. And if you ask Cody, he will tell you, he'll be the first to tell you, this didn't impact him and Christine's relationship at all. (laughs) Well, clearly it did. This is something that Christine is pointing to and being like, yeah, that was kind of a big blow at that point. We had a lot going on and it just felt like you can't count on this dude for anything. Well, of course, he can't even come to your daughter's surgery with you. Now he doesn't even want to be financially tied to you in, in any way. The one way that made you feel like you had a marriage. So give it up so he can do yet another thing with Robin and be more connected to her financially and otherwise. At least, though, in the end, it turned out to be a blessing in disguise because when she sold that house, he had no legal premise to come back and say, you owe me money. He didn't think that Christine was going anywhere. Clearly not. How messed up is that? He thought, no way. Christine's not going anywhere. I don't think that even crossed his mind. He was too focused on what he had to do with his finances with Robin. Because remember he said at some point in the season that for now on, that's it. I'm only doing financial things with Robin. I don't want to be connected to anything that has to do with any of the rest of you. That was definitely part of that. So that is the main benefit here. It is an easier split. It's a clean break. Christine's house is the house. That's her money that comes from the house. She gave the property back to Cody. That was their even swap. And honestly, that is the deal of a lifetime. (laughs) Christine has come out so far ahead on that deal because she basically just waived Cody's unlimited profit potential in front of him and said, well, you could cash me out. I'll just sign over that piece of it, which also could be a piece of land that means and is worth absolutely nothing at the end of the year if you don't pay it off. But he's not thinking about that, of course. He's thinking about the upside only on this. Right. She left with a real $500,000. A check in her pocket. And he got two acres of land that they don't even own. So she got him. (laughs) I think she got him pretty good on that one. And that just made it so much easier. Janelle is like, man, I wish I had my name on one of these parcels. Because she kind of does. But it's all tied up with everybody else's names. Cody's name is on every single piece of land. She doesn't want to give up her lot, though. She wants to keep it. That's the problem. Well, yeah, now it's all intertwined with all these other Jamokes out on the land. It's not like they have the money to pay her out for her lot anyway, I'm sure. But she's kind of stuck now financially. And then also she keeps reminding us that she's still... Very much committed to her faith. So this is a situation where she's having to reconcile the situation she's in with what she believes in. So we don't get any solid answer from her at the end of the season about what's going on. We just know she has no interest 
in reconciling with Cody, she doesn't necessarily consider herself divorced because she's not sure how to approach that from a faith perspective. And she doesn't have any money to leave with. She's not dating. She's not moving on. But life is too short and you can't be miserable the whole time. But she's still spiritually married, but she's not sure. I don't know. It's very back and forth with Janelle right now, which we don't usually get from her. No, that's a great lead into Mary, though. Yeah. Speaking of. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It is now October, so Mary has given us a stake in the ground for when this has occurred. Spoopy times for Mary and Cody. And... She's doing some reflecting again. She's thinking about her last few wedding anniversaries with Cody. And there's a reason for this. It's not just that they want to give us more sepia tone flashbacks. It's that she's really trying to make it clear that she is not dumb. There's been a reason why she's been sticking around. And it's because Cody tells her things to inspire hope, especially when the cameras aren't on. I thought she was just recounting on it because they were approaching Halloween So she was thinking maybe of some spooky, scary things that she's experienced over the past few years. Murder tarp dates being right at the top of the list. You know, close brushes with death that she's had possibly over the past few years. I forgot how many bad anniversaries they actually had because there was the first one in Flagstaff where they just went for a ride in the car and he told her that she had to court him. Remember that one? And he ain't coming. And he ain't coming in a lot of different ways. And then... They had the murder tarp anniversary, a classic, definitely brush with death. Anniversaries are a sore spot for them. Yeah. Did they do a therapy anniversary too after they had moved to Flagstaff where they drove back to meet with Nancy? Was that an anniversary? Was that just uh, they paid for the session so they had to make sure that they went back into town for that? I don't remember if it had to coincide with something that should have been a romantic and enjoyable experience together. But but anyway... When they moved to Flagstaff, for some reason, Mary was under the impression that this was a new start for them together and that they were going to start to forget the past and just forge a new relationship together moving forward. Cheers to new beginnings was what Cody said at the anniversary that they shared the first year in Flagstaff. I don't think he meant that or he doesn't know the implications of that. I don't know. It's just he says things and Mary's listening very closely for anything 
that sounds like it's positive or that there's interest on Cody's end. And he said a couple of little words and she hooked her star to that. It's that. And it's also Cody watches too many movies. (laughs) Yes, he does. He starts wedding ceremonies with dearly beloved, multiple wedding ceremonies. What was what about Maddie's? Well, that was with a Dirty Harry quote. Another movie. Another movie, though. Yeah, he watches too many movies. But now that he's finally been honest with her this past anniversary, she's been thinking. And she's realized, huh, actually, Cody emotionally abandoned me a long-ass time ago. She said the A word. Cody made Suki take that back at the tell-all. I forgot about that. He hates that word. Yeah. But... This didn't just happen recently. She's making it clear this happened before she even got catfished. So that's probably dating us to about the time that they had the legal divorce. Which is interesting because then you do hear Mary referring to the timeline of the past 10 years or so. And then whenever Cody talks about their split, He's talking in like seven or eight years. He's using the catfish as a reference, and she's basing it off of the legal divorce. So the catfish, yes, but I don't think he means specifically the catfishing. I think that he's dating it from the time that she said, don't come to my house. I need a a break. break. It's a Ross and Rachel situation. He's watching too much TV, too. (laughs) But you know a relationship is bad when Janelle chimes in and points out, how fucked up this relationship is because that's what she was like. I look at Mary's relationship and it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Well, that's kind of been the measuring stick all along, has it not? Where everyone's like, well, my relationship with Cody is not as bad as Mary's relationship with them. Which is why Cody was so confused when Christine left before Mary out of nowhere. So we've had all of these really bad anniversaries, not a lot of good stuff going on in terms of advancing the relationship. And then Mary tells us she saw the footage during the tell-all for season 17 where Cody said they weren't married anymore. And that's when she snapped. Carly knew it. Carly was right. Mary confirmed that it was it. The tell-all filming, Cody's aside interviews, that was the last straw for her. Right, because he's been telling her behind closed doors, let's not tell people publicly that we're not together anymore. Let's continue the act. And then he went on fucking TV and embarrassed the shit out of her, made her look like an idiot where all along we've been like, why is this woman not understanding that this man has no interest in her at all? And then he says on public television that she can just go find someone else and he would be totally okay with that. The vulgarity of that (laughs) sickens me. (laughs) But she's sounding like she's ready to leave. She's... To the point where she's kind of made a decision. But of course, the one person that we have to consider in all of this, Robin, how is she going to take this news? I thought you were going to say Salsa Brava. <laughs> Man, Salsa Brava really dropped off. Dropped off. Yeah. it's. But I think those were the big questions for Mary where she was like, do I even stay in Flagstaff? Do I re-up on this lease? Maybe just for Salsa Brava. Maybe for Fat Olives. Maybe. <laughs> Just for the food in the local area. Yeah, she's thinking about it, contemplating, because she's not staying here for Robin and Cody. So why would I be signing this lease? It's a lot to think about. What do you think about Christine? I did enjoy her pointing out that it's equally gross that Cody has strung Mary along all this time, 
but also Robin, who has participated in that as well, in getting Mary to stick around. If not more so, because as we've seen in more recent seasons, Robin is delusional when it comes to Mary and Cody's relationship, where she only hears what she wants to hear when she talks to them individually, and none of them talk all together about it. So that's what we're going to see here is an actual conversation with all three of them happening simultaneously, and a lot of the discrepancies become very apparent. Except we're not here to talk about breaking up. That's not what was in the meeting invite. <laughs> well, we know how Mary hates to provide an agenda before a meeting. <laughs> it's got to be some vague reason. We're here to talk about the property while on the property. What better place to do it? And Robin's been aching to get on this property. I don't know if you guys know this. Ache, <laughs> sure. ache, 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 aching. I have a theory about what Robin wants to do with this property. I have a we'll theory about what's aching for Robin oh, lately. Gross. But Cody rolls up to Coyote Pass. He's on an ATV. Could he just walk over from Robin's? I guess. Maybe. But he decided to come rip-roaring down on the ATV instead. Did you see he's got ATV gloves? Just like moving gloves, but these are specifically for the ATV. I hope they're not isotoners. <laughs> the glove don't fit. You must acquit. Oh, my God. So they've been lured here under the guise of talking about the property. Smart move on Mary's end. She is here to find out what's happening. She's going to suss it out. What am I going to walk away with? What am I getting out of this property deal? Yeah, because Christine had the best deal. She got out. She traded her stake, she wins. So what scraps am I going to be able to get a hold of? Right, because they apparently haven't had a conversation about this. Christine gave up her two acres. So if everyone recalls, Robin is getting a giant-ass four-acre lot. Janelle gets the other big-ass four-acre lot next to it. And then Cody wanted to divide the remaining chunk into three pieces. He was going to get the two acres at the top that had the pond on it because we had to reserve the pond for the whole family. Family keep Mary access. away from it. Yeah, the HOA decided Mary can't have access to the pond. Then she was going to get the next one, and then Christine had the lot under that. Two, four, six for that last right. chunk. Two, 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 two. Yeah. 50, 50, 50, 50. 50, 50, 50, 50. So Mary's probably thinking, as any reasonable person would, if the other two wives have four acres each, and I only had two acres to start with, and Christine has given up her two acres, and her lot is directly below mine, I'm assuming you're just going to expand my lot, and I will also have four acres? Okay, here's where she has made a big stink about that lot. She didn't want to be near the road. She didn't want to have this. She didn't want to have that. So there's been a lot of established criticisms of Christine's lot from Mary. That is not at all what Cody's taking into account here. I know. I know that. But I just would like to say Mary has poo-pooed quite a bit of that lot. But that's not why she's asking. There's the subtext here. Why is Mary asking this question? She's asking, am I an equal wife? Am I an equal participant in this family? Do you view me as such, Cody? Well, also, I sure as fuck put in an equal amount of money to purchase this land, so why am I getting the shaft and getting 
two acres. The big issue here is we find out Cody is going to take the lot from Christine. So that means that he himself is going to get four acres of land and Mary is still going to get two. Because then Cody's getting frustrated that Mary keeps referring to it as Cody and Robin are getting eight. Right, because she's counting them together. She's counting them together. And then Janelle, because technically, well, Cody would be getting 12 then, wouldn't he? Because he's got Janelle's four as well. So, I mean, a lot of it is in Cody's name. Why was Janelle not part of this conversation? Oh, she doesn't care. (laughs) Yeah, she doesn't care. As long as she gets her grow up. That's the only thing that matters at this point. (laughs) Okay. I do love that Robin does not yet know that there's going to be a very large fence put up around the border of Janelle's lot and that there's going to be a grow operation on the other side of it. Oh, you're going to smell it. (laughs) It's going to be very apparent. (laughs) I just... What's comical for me to think about is Mary sandwiched between these two Cody lots. (laughs) That's what made no sense to me either. That's the funniest part of the whole bit. Also, if I were her, because we know she is passive aggressive. First of all, there would be no way I would allow him to trespass on my property to move from one lot to the next, to traverse through my lot to get to the other side. He would just go sneaking through the woods, you think, to get to... You're going to have to go the long way around. Oh, boy. She's going to set up cameras. She's going to be like, Cody, you were sneaking through the woods again. I can see you. Stop doing that. So she's asking questions, which I did appreciate. She's confronting them. Why is it that I'm only getting two acres? Because that does not make a whole lot of mathematical sense to me. The math ain't mathing here. And if it's 14 acres for this family, why can't we split it evenly then? To which I'm sure this is why Janelle's not part of this conversation. We can't split it at all until it's paid off. So don't call me until this thing's paid off. First of all, this whole thing is stupid. This whole conversation is stupid because what they should be talking about is the real way the lots are currently split up, which is the way they purchased them because they have not filed the paperwork to divide the lots in the way that they are discussing because they have not paid off the land. And what they really need to be talking about is how they bought a cistern that was far too small for the (laughs) amount of people that are going to be living on this land. I think that's irrelevant at this point, is it not? Everything's irrelevant in this entire conversation, (laughs) yet here we are. So we have to analyze not only the surface-level bullshit that they're talking about back and forth, but what's underneath that? What is the question within the question? What are these other subtext elements that we're trying to explore here. So let's start with Robin trying to defend her lot in the fact that she gets four acres, which is because this is her estate. Eventually, she's going to pass it down to her children. That's why she needs a lot all of her own. Plus, you know, with the way things have been going, maybe eventually, what if Cody and I aren't married in the future? I need something that's just mine even though Cody's name is also on the lot, so I don't really know what she's talking about. Yeah, making bad jokes about what if her and Cody get divorced, and I don't think Cody was ready to have that level of humor set in at this picnic table conversation with Mary and Robin on the land. and it clearly pissed Mary off because she made a passive-aggressive joke about how she didn't think that she would be sitting here in this position after she had been married for 10 years. Yeah, maybe 10 to 12 years in, I thought, uh, yeah, (laughs) we were pretty solid too. So, uh Don't count your chickens before they hatch. But that's what I think Robin's actual plan for this property is. 
I don't think they're going to leave the Shira Chateau. I think Cody and Robin are going to stay there. I think they're going to end up building homes for her children on Coyote Pass. So that she can just see them from her backyard. That's as far as they're allowed to go. That's, yeah, as far away from the nest that you can get, baby bird. Because when has this argument ever worked? Cody and Robin both jump immediately to the reasoning of, oh, Mary doesn't need as much land, as much of a homestead here, because she has one child. And it's like, yeah, because that worked out in Vegas when we were building houses, right? She didn't need an extra room or a wet bar. We really saved on those. (laughs) Well, also, Cody trying to say, I have so many more children than Mary does. First of all, aren't they all equally your children? Isn't that the whole concept of this family? But also, most of your children don't speak with you anymore. So maybe we should start knocking down the number of kids that you claim to be yours. Yeah, should we only count the kids that you're on speaking terms with? (laughs) I don't think we should just lump in total numbers here that we're running. And he's got to keep her away from the pond. That's the other big part of it, which still only requires him to have one lot. But okay. Well, and then the next thing that they try to gaslight Mary with about how, no, if you really think about it, it is still fair. Because the problem is, Mary... You're thinking about Robin and Cody's together as eight. And that's that's not it at all. Robin's is Robin's. Janelle's is Janelle's. Cody's is Cody's. And Mary's is Mary's. But if you break down that math, that's still four, 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 and then two for Mary. So she's still getting fucked <laughs> on the deal. Why are we trying to convince her that, oh, you're going about it the whole wrong way? You're thinking about this all wrong, Mary. Well, remember when they tried to convince her and Christine that their two acres was worth more because it had more trees on trees. it? Trees. Yeah, trees add value. <laughs> Doubles the value of the lot. So they have been trying to fuck them over for so long since they drew this map up. For so many different stupid reasons that they've tried to come up with. She has had it at this point in the conversation. She sees what's going on here. Robin's not coming to her defense. And Cody clearly is not going to change his perspective. Well, and Robin, the Cody whisperer, does not see eye to eye with Cody on what this land should be used for in the future and whose estate this will belong to and whose children this will go to. Robin seems to have her whole ideology about what that's going to look like. And Cody disagrees entirely because I guess she hasn't planted that idea yet. We're not far enough along in the incubation process for that deep rooted thought to be in there. She did literally cut him off and was like, no, no, don't speak. You're not ready to talk about this because I haven't programmed this in yet. So please just stop talking. (laughs) You need to get into your right headspace. You're not in the right headspace because I haven't been in there yet. So Mary's just been observing and taking this all in. And she is so shitty realizing what they're trying to do with the property that she decides that now would be a good time to drop a bomb on them. Well, if that's the way you feel about it, I think I have something else I would like to discuss today. (laughs) Uh, Mary was not planning on talking about this, but based on the shittiness of all of your answers so far, let's go ahead and take a quick first draft here. I think I want to, I want to shove a knife in your other kidney and destroy Robin's entire worldview. But she doesn't start off with talking about a divorce. She's just doing her Mary thing, being very vague, 
She's feeling more and more drawn to the B&B. She wants to spend more time there. She's not really sure exactly why it is that she wants to be there more, but she's not going to renew her lease in her house in Flagstaff. Probably a big factor is that I don't feel the crippling depression like when I am here. (laughs) That's probably a big part of it. But I'm not going to be renewing my house in Flagstaff. I'm not re-upping on that lease. Fat olives and salsa brava are not enough to keep me here. All it takes was Mary sharing that and Robin goes straight to a fucking nine. She's out of here. She knows. She knows what this is leading to. This is exactly what she was worried about when Mary was talking about moving the business up to Utah. It's all coming together. It was good to see Mary finally stick to her guns on this, though, about seeing Robin's reactions. She was freaking out, as you expect. Well, Robin can't regulate her own emotions. Correct, especially in this circumstance. And Mary's like, look, that's her feelings about it. I know what my feelings are. Everybody else's feelings on this topic are completely irrelevant. This is Mary's decision. I feel like somebody has grown in therapy. It's good. It's good (laughs) to take those steps. She did also make it crystal clear to them that just because I'm not renewing my lease on my house and I'm going to spend more time at the B&B, that does not mean that I don't want my piece of property on Coyote Pass. She wanted to make sure that was on camera. I'm not forfeiting any property or claims to the property on this lot or any lot here that you decide to relegate to me. I can't wait for her to call a lawyer because I feel like the first thing she did was dial the number of the nearest attorney when she got into her car at the end of this conversation. And it was Ronald McDonald Esquire picking up on the other end. (laughs) Hello? I don't know why he's played by Mitch McConnell, but you know, there he is. I'm sorry. Could you repeat the question? It doesn't even seem like this is very confrontational. Aside from Robin freaking out, Mary acknowledges that she and Cody have been having conversations lately, and they've been good. They haven't been like his conversation with Janelle. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, no, that was good, but it was good for us. It wasn't good for Cody and Janelle. It was good for the viewing audience. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He's still not interested in having a marriage with her, but... These have been good conversations. Can we talk about Cody's comedic timing in this episode? Because when Mary knows she still has to baby Cody in this explanation of things suck, but she can't say that directly to him because otherwise he will implode. So she has to explain, look, the conversations that we have been having have been great. And Cody is off camera and just goes, thank you. Like he was so he was so legitimately grateful that she was appreciative. Pleased with a compliment. Oh, I did yeah. We have those were good conversations. Yes. But she knows what to do. She's gotta build him up before she brings him back down. Yeah, and here's the other part of this. And that's where she starts getting into making it very clear that things that he has said and done have led her to where they're at. And that's where he starts picking words apart because that's how these two fight is they have a fight within the subtext. So he doesn't like that she is assigning blame to him by saying it has to do with things he has said and done. Well, he's getting triggered because he's perceiving it as blame. 
But that's not blame. That's your contribution to this situation. That's taking responsibility. That's accountability that you're feeling. That's not blame. That's because, yes, those are things that you have contributed to the failure of this marriage. Blame or shame? It's shame, and you know how narcs can't handle processing shame. So that's why it has to be something else. You're attacking me? That's what it is. I do feel like, though, Mary's being very specific about the language she's using because she wants it to be clear to the viewers what happened here because they've been having all of these conversations off camera. And then when they get in front of them and they're filming, Cody wants to act like something else is happening. He doesn't want to film their conversations. Everything's behind closed doors. That's why he's just continuing to manipulate her. And it looks like she's being strung along because she is. The good thing, though, is that we have Robin here with us. And she's a victim's advocate, a very experienced victim's advocate. Not a victim, sweetie. (laughs) But that's kind of starting to annoy Cody. Because Robin is trying to butt into the conversation and add her two cents and try to translate things to one another. And Cody's like, I am so close to this woman breaking up with me. She's teetering on the edge. We're right on the cliff here. I'm going to need you to stop talking. (laughs) At some point, she does say, I'll just shut up because neither of them want her to say anything else. Yeah. Mary and Cody are like, we like where this is going. (laughs) Because it's about damn time that we have this conversation and in such an efficient way. It's working and please do not interrupt the process. She really loses it because then Cody goes to say, we can't have the kind of relationship that you want, Mary. Which again, I hated the wording of because that's what he's done with all of the wives where he makes it sound like they want too much from him. Well, it's got to be their fault. He's not leaving them. It's they are too demanding. Right. And that's the fight we're having where Cody refuses to have it look like he's the one who has abandoned them already. And Mary is refusing to let that be the narrative of the end of their relationship. So that's the only thing that's dragging this conversation out is because Mary's getting frustrated. The things that they've talked about off camera, Cody's not saying those things on camera. And she wants him to say some of that stuff on camera. Mm -hmm. Robin's like, I've got to stop them from going any further before they break up. So she storms off. She tries to do a walk off. I'm just going to go for a walk. I can't be here for this. She breaks down. She kind of starts to retreat to the car, it looks like. But then she just goes off for a walk. She just fucks off to the pond and she's (laughs) going to take a lap. The other thing that was weird about it is Cody and Mary are completely calm. Even though they're disagreeing, they're not fighting. They're agreeing on where the conversation is headed. They're just arguing over semantics like they tend to do. Exactly. But there's a lot of peace and finality in this conversation that's happening. And Robin's picking up on that because obviously she's highly, highly emotionally sensitive. So emotionally sensitive that she's trying to manipulate the situation here. Yeah. But then she realized, Oh, nobody's chasing me. Nobody's coming after me. So that's not going to stop the conversation. Oh no, they're still talking over there. I hope they didn't get too far along in the conversation. That was exactly what she was trying to do. She was going to try to derail the conversation by 
having the focus turn onto her. Nobody chased her. No. And so we are reaching the conclusion, the resolution, the end of Cody and Mary, with or without Robin present at the picnic table. I just liked, too, how basically every wife that has left Cody so far, the only thing that's worse than the thought of Cody being their husband is Cody being their friend. Like, nobody (laughs) seems to have any interest in that. So whenever he goes to that mode of, well, we just can't have a romantic relationship. That's not something I'm willing to offer you. So I'll just continue to be your husband who shows up every once in a while whenever I feel like it but not really constructive or a reliable person for you in your life. Right. I don't care about your happiness. I'm going to be happy with Robin. And then if it placates you to have me pretend to have a marriage with you, I'll do that once in a while. I'll do the duty. (laughs) (laughs) He'll do the duty. Robin was gone for like five minutes, not even, and... She's just too anxious to find out what's been going on since nobody chased after her. So she returns to the picnic table. Sorry, I left. Sorry. <laughs> Why are you apologizing? You left. Nobody said you got to get out of here. What are you apologizing for? They didn't even have enough time to cover any serious topics or make much ground. But by the time she gets back, Mary's basically like, look, you missed it all. We broke up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I what I hope happened was as soon as Robin got far enough away, Mary whispered to Cody and was like, all right, look, when she comes back, we just need to tell her that it we, already happened. We came to terms. We agreed on this. Now, even better, they, that's what they talked about a week ago at that great conversation when Cody came over. Thank you. Thank you so much. Glad you uh, enjoyed. Thank you for conversing with Cody Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to leave a five-star review, uh, and I'll leave you a cameo. <laughs> I'm still going to charge you $100. <laughs> it's still going to be No 100. family discounts. It charges on the way out. I can't stop it. And it's kind of a positive outcome, as positive as it could be, especially for it being Mary and Cody, in that they're ending things amicably. And that's the interpretation that Cody gives. And so Robin looks at Mary and is like, do you agree with that? Are you going to accept that is what Robin asks Mary. Mary literally fucking LOLs in her face. (laughs) What What do you mean? Am I going to accept that? Am I going to force him to continue to be in a marriage with me? He does not want to be an active participant in a marriage together. The only one who wants this to work at this table is Robin. Robin is the only one who's still invested in any relationship between Mary and Cody. Cody and Mary are both done playing pretend. We are not going to be doing that any further. But Cody says he could. He could continue to act. He doesn't care. Yeah, he He's does not very care good at the act. Well, he, duty and acts. He's very good with performances. <laughs> Except he hasn't been doing a very good job for the past 10 years because it's been apparent to everyone that he and Mary no longer have a relationship. Could have fooled me. Yeah, that you were <laughs> Meryl Streep at the Shira Chateau. Mary has to remind Robin that Cody doesn't even consider himself married to her anymore. I don't know if you were also at the tell-all girl, but they showed an important piece of footage. Well, they didn't show Robin that piece of footage because it didn't pertain to her. <laughs> but maybe they should have, so then she would have been aware of this narrative that was building here. 
But Robin disagrees. Go on dates. Because, well, no, she just disagrees that Cody doesn't feel married to Mary anymore. Even though it literally came out of his mouth. And it's how Cody feels. So if you disagree with it, that's great. Doesn't change the fact that that's how Cody feels. The part of this conversation that if you did not think Robin was a shitty person before just confirms it completely for you is Cody cannot take it anymore. So he looks at Robin and says, this is part of our covenant. When we got married, you had me promise you that if I was to not be in love with you anymore, I would not do this to you. But then she's been asking him to do this exact thing to Mary. For years, years now at this point, just keep dragging it on and don't stop now. Please don't stop now because I don't know what to do if you guys stop pretending. And not just Mary, but all of the other wives, especially Christine with all the shit she had to talk about Christine leaving the family. When she knew that her covenant with Cody included this clause that if he was to fall out of love with her, that they would basically walk away, that he wouldn't torture her like this. So this is another great part in the conversation where Mary is saying something, but I think she's meaning something else. But then Cody and Robin at the table don't get it because (laughs) Mary is basically saying it doesn't matter because we're stopping the act. We're going our separate ways. It's not going to change anything between us, between you and me, between Cody and me, Robin and me, or all three of us combined. It's not going to change anything. And Robin is looking at her for assurance of you promise because she thinks it's a reassurance that they have a good relationship that that won't change nothing yeah this is this is still gonna be what this is and mary's point is like we don't fucking have a relationship right so saying that we don't have a relationship doesn't change anything there's nothing lost There's nothing that's going away because it doesn't exist already, but just whoosh right over her head. Robin didn't get that one. We have another comedic exchange (laughs) at this point in the conversation because Robin just looks at her and this is as they're holding hands and the camera has gotten a close up of the horse ring. Well, because it's getting very serious now because we're really encouraging Robin. It's time to let go. Let the dream die. And Robin says, this isn't what I want. And Mary has to reassure her, it's not what I want either, Robin. It's not what I want. And then there's like a good six seconds of silence. And Cody's not even in frame. And then you just hear, it isn't what I wanted either. (sighs) It's not what I wanted either. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, dude, nobody cares. Like he felt the pressure to say it just because they had said it to one another. (laughs) Well, no, he's losing airtime because, yeah, now we're <laughs> we're zooming in on a heartfelt moment between Mary and Robin with working through this painful process. And then Cody has to butt in yet again. And that's it. That's the end of their plural marriage. The only thing that Robin has ever wanted. Yeah, to be fair, they're not so worried about Cody and Mary's relationship ending. It's just that now that their relationship is ending, that is shattering Robin's dream of living plural marriage. That's the problem. It's not the problem that Cody and Mary's relationship is ending. It's that Robin's dream is dying. And that could not be clearer than when Cody says, 
And it sounds like he's being mature and wishing Mary luck in the future because he starts off by saying, I hope she finds peace. And I was like, that's so sweet. It's nice to see that they can have a breakup that is going in a positive direction versus what we saw with Christine and Janelle. But then he doesn't skip a beat and says, because I will. (laughs) I hope she finds peace because I will. Yeah, because now Robin can leave me alone about this. It's over. It's done. It's because he despises Mary. He has been waiting for this moment for years, decades. He's probably starting to resent Robin for trying to force these pieces together for so long now where it's turning him against her at this point. And he's like, please just stop. I'm not interested in this at all. There's nothing constructive here. Yeah, I do think that's the only reason he's continued to do this, at least for like the past maybe five years. I don't know, since they decided to move to Flagstaff was just because it's so important to Robin. And it's still only important to Robin because Cody hops on the ATV and he rips off back to the house because we're done with this conversation, right? And Mary hops in her car and drives away because everybody else is like, all right, I'm going to head out. (laughs) And Robin is just sitting alone at the picnic table crying until the sun goes down, basically. Just looking at that mountain. That mountain that holds so many memories. This property that has so many memories. And just that juxtaposition because just a short, a few short seasons ago, When we had a season finale episode where Christine had a breakdown and Mary had to steer her to the mountains to reassure her and remind her that it's worth it. And then now we have Mary leaving the family and Robin is crying and opining to the mountains. It kind of makes you wonder if Robin and Mary had had that conversation previously, a similar one, and Robin encouraged her to just look at the mountain And then that, in turn, was her encouragement to Christine because the mountain still holds so much significance to Robin here today. And then we got quite a few lines from Robin because then we have (laughs) the fact that she's just going to continue to spend time on her knees, if you know what I'm saying, looking for peace and answers because she has no other choice. So not much is going to change for her. A lot (laughs) lot more time in our knees. As we've established multiple times. But no, then... Remember when everybody chose to be out on the property, we get an entire monologue from Robin. I wanted to sit on the porch with my sister wives here on this property with our kids and our grandkids and Cody running around like he does. And look at that mountain together and be a family. I don't understand. I don't understand. Did you notice the part where she said with Cody running around like he always does? She was not crying. <laughs> she wasn't crying for any of this, by the no, way. No, I know. She was, she was not. She was pretending. She's trying. Play. Yeah. She always tries to get a tear out for the camera. She knew this would be an amazing season finale. She can't wait to get the last word. That's <laughs> <laughs> what she needs. She has to you know, ratchet it up to an 11 here. I don't know why it's so confusing. Why is this so hard to understand that? Cody treats the other wives like shit. They don't like being treated like shit anymore. That's not going to work. So people start leaving. She's pretending to not understand. It's just oblivious. It's an act. Yeah. And that is the end of season 18. Well, at least 
of the episodes in season 18. And then, as you know, we've got what sounds like four hours worth of tell-all footage to watch over the coming weeks. So we're going to be getting on our knees, spending (laughs) some time looking for peace and answers in that. In the next episode, the Brown family sit down individually to talk about the biggest questions from this season. Cody reveals if he's ever been in love with the wives. Christine discusses Cody being jealous of her relationship with Janelle. And Janelle opens up about her physical relationship with Cody. Oh, God. I was going to say physical relationship with anybody else. So that can count as your spiritual divorce, Janelle. Go get it, girl. (laughs) Oh, we're going to have to talk about the abs and pecs again. Oh, no. Yeah, somebody shared a screenshot from the Prairie Dog Plague Pond diving incident where they had to blur Cody's junk, and he was flexing those six-pack abs. (laughs) And that screenshot was haunting, let me tell you. I hope they do a picture-in-picture with it when they ask her about her attraction to his body and body alone. Yeah, we needed a, a warning, a trigger warning in there. I wasn't ready for it. I'm glad I wasn't eating. I am actually excited for the first episode of The Tell All. That's kind of weird. I guess we'll see if that dwindles over time. But we're going to meet David. That means we're going to advance the story a little bit. We're going to hopefully see them get catty with one another. We saw Robin directly address Christine. I'm just being dramatic. Christine. That was like the same sort of reaction that it evoked for me of like when Cody pointed at the camera during the Janelle fight and told her <laughs> to tell the world, like it felt like I was personally called out in that moment too. And it made me uncomfortable. <laughs> so a lot to look forward to. We'll all get through these four hours together. I hope so. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to chat with us about the episode on our Discord channel by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash survivingpod. Stay tuned, share with friends. See you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.